this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. Good evening, family, and welcome to another night with Top Quality Faith Ministry Bible Studies. Heavenly Father, we come to you humble before your throne, thanking you for not only for this day, but for this week and for this month thus far. Father God, we call you in to this place, this uh, temple of worship for Bible study tonight. We pray that you touch each and one of us that are on this call. We pray that you anoint our pastor, that she guide us through this and the participation of everyone that is required for for the edification of our salvation. We thank you, Father God, for bringing the pastor back from her journey safely. We thank you for all those that are on this call. We continue to pray that you continue to guide us through our challenges, our trials and tribulations, our struggles, our adversities, and all the things that you know that we go through. We ask this in your precious holy name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, it's so amazing that, you know, we get to go places and in the places that we go, God stretches and uh, changes us, but also we run into things that we least expect. And as we run into things that we least expect, you know, we're looking for God's wisdom and understanding of what we're looking at and sometimes when we do get an answer that answer may not be something that how would i say you want to hear and i'll give you guys a little insight on my trip you know going into a place where you're totally unfamiliar with it you find yourself you know, getting to a place and 
I don't know what I expected, but I guess I expected so much more going to Austin because I kind of went to Texas, Houston, Texas, and I thought they would be similar to be the same. And I kind of thought things would be, you know, fairly easy. You know, um, Keisha lived in one direction and Chandelin lived in another direction. And and looking at uh, visiting these two individuals, I kind of thought that they were going to live somewhere similar to town. Coming into the place, the first thing I noticed that gas prices were something a little bit different than our gas prices, and I was like cheering the gas prices on because I was like, oh my God, three dollars and something was you know a miracle to see. But then. As I began to travel back and forth, I recognized that the reason why it was $3, because to go to one side of the world versus the other world, uh, it's going to cost you, you know, a full take of gas every single time. So it wasn't like I was getting a discount. It was like, in return, I recognized that this is why the price is here, because everything is miles and miles and miles away from each other. And so... Uh, first day I went to uh, Chandelin House, didn't have a problem. Got there, got back without a problem. Second day, uh, I hung out with uh, Keisha, but she decided she wants to go out to dinner late at night, and there's no, how would I say, street light. Okay, and all it is is woods. Okay, so I get out there, superhero, you know had every intent of going and then all of a sudden I started freaking out as I was driving and uh, because I couldn't see anything or miles and miles and miles and to get to a restaurant which they'd never been to before it was miles and miles away and it was through the woods but then realized everything is through the woods <laughs> and there's different woods okay so uh, I end up getting three miles before I thought was my dip, because you can get to the end of three miles, then you go, and then it says, turn left on this, and then it's another 10 more miles somewhere else. And so I was like, I'm not playing this game. So uh, I got close to three miles. I said, I'm going to turn around, but I had no clue that I would, I, I could have made it to my destination. I said, I don't know where you guys at, but y'all need to find me if y'all want me to come. And God, I'm at this place. Come and get me. I said, I am not going through the woods by myself. My mind is playing tricks. <laughs> and, and, and when your mind starts playing tricks, it's funny because it, it starts thinking of a host of things. Uh, and you try to shut it down and bring in gospel music and everything, but you cannot shut your mind down. I'm talking about faith, you guys. And so I then get to the next destination and she picks me up. I, you know, she drives the car to where I need it to go and we get out of the car and she asks me on my way back, hey, do you want me to drive you back to the same location? And I said, yeah, yeah, bitch, <laughs> I am not driving through the woods. And she was just like, oh, Pastor, this is not the woods. This is just, you know, uh, highways that we have no lights. I said, well, you got many of them, okay? So, uh, funny, 
and then, you know, we get, I get back to my hotel and then I'm like, mm, I think I'm going to sleep in. I had asked her to go to church with her, but I said, mm, maybe one sleep in. Okay. Then I said, oh, what the heck, just do it. Okay. So I end up getting up early enough to go to church. You know, uh, I get a familiar sign when I look at the instruction and it said Martin Luther King Boulevard. Okay. You can't miss that, right? <laughs> But guess what? It's through the desert, it's through the alleys, it's through all of the different places, but it's early in the morning and I'm okay with that because it's early in the morning and I can see. But I noticed that it was a road that went up and down, up and down, high heels, down low heels, high heels, down low heels. And the street wasn't as paved as I, as I would like it and you know how you bump over everything. And so I said, okay, I'm going to get through this and I'm going to get to the destination. End up getting to church early. And so when I got to church, I began to watch people. And then I kind of felt that I was out of place because I didn't have their clothing on. And I was literally watching and then I said, okay, well, I don't have on tennis shoes. I have on some, some small sandal, like, I mean, some small uh, dressy bike shoes. And so, uh, I mustered enough, got to get out of the car and I went in service early and I took my little water bottle to go in church because I wanted my water bottle. Well, I get to the door, and the lady says, you cannot take this bottle into the sanctuary. You need to drink it right here, right now. Drink it really quick right here, right now, and then you can proceed into the sanctuary. Or you can go take it back and put it in your car. I'm going to put my bottle in the car. So I took it back, put it in the car. Came back. She said, but when you stop by, I need to connect your phone with our organization. I want you to meet... Uh, I think she said the pastor at the time, but the pastor wasn't even there. She says, I want you to meet the pastor, but I need you to sync your telephone with our um, our, um, our, our, our team. So you're going to go be ushered into this room, and you're going to sync your telephone in this. I said, oh, no, I'm a visitor. No, 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 no. You know, in my mind, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm not syncing this with that. But then she said, no, 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 it's just a thing to make sure you get everything. Okay, whatever. And so I came back in, and I looked for her, but I couldn't find her. Okay? And normally I'm good at it. If I see a face, I can remember the face, but she was nowhere to be found. Um, the second time I came in, uh, nobody really paid attention, I guess, because they just said, oh, she went in and she went out, or whatever the case may be. And so I get in going somewhere with this. I get in and they said, hey, just in case you missed last week's sermon, I'm going to share with you last week's sermon. And what the gentleman spoke of, I was like, oh my goodness. I'm in for a day. I'm in for a day. Okay. And I'm kind of moved by what he spoke of because it didn't make no darn sense. And I proceeded to watch the people come in, and then all of a sudden, the choir came out. And the choir came out, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get some black, home down, soul, 
you know, music that's going to rock the heck out of me and remind me that I can jump and dance. It didn't happen. There were music played, and the people came up and they had like mics, and so they didn't, and the choir, that I, I thought I was going to get a church choir, but it was just people in front with mics, and they were singing. Then there was one lady singing and the others were following alongside. Some guy with some, um, I would say, suede, uh, suede red shoes on, red burgundy shoes on, and that's all I caught. And, you know, probably about three or four other people. Uh, didn't know the songs, but the songs were on there. And so when they first started, I caught a hold of the Holy Spirit. And then it died off. And then I couldn't catch it on the complete song. Then the second song came. I caught a hold of the Holy Spirit. And then it died off. And then I began to proceed to watch people come in. And, you know, guys being guys, they got to do the fifth pump to the guys. They got to do the greeting and all of this. And I, I continued to watch for a while. And then at one point, the uh, songs were still going forward. Worship was still going forward. And I said, you know something, Lord, I'm just going to worship you and I'm going to ignore them. Even if I got to sing a song to myself, I came here to worship and adore you. So uh, came, uh, and then all of a sudden, as I'm worshiping, Keisha comes in. Um, um, didn't pay much attention to her because I'm sitting next to her son and his friend. She's on the other side. Um, search, service goes forward, and I'm still watching, and I'm paying attention and as I'm paying attention, I say, Lord, this is what I grew up with, my mother's faith. And what I mean by my mother's faith, they begin to make reference you know, if your grandmama was here, you they when your grandmama would expect you to do this or expect you to do that. And the guy began to teach on the same thing I'm about to teach you guys. He began to teach on this particular scripture, and I was so moved by what he was speaking of because I literally said if he only talked about faith, he would change the whole atmosphere in this room and Christ would prevail in this room like no other. But I kept watching, I kept looking, and I kept waiting, and he tapped on it, but then he went somewhere else, and the way he taught the message was really about what they possess, what they desire, what they needed. And it was in the midst of crisis. That's what the sermon name was, in the midst of crisis. In the midst of crisis. And he went on and, you know, uh, you had the pastor with the 
African American voice tone that basically, you know, <laughs> caught you in his sermon, and it was a sermon because the wasn't the pastor, it was the system pastor, because the pastor had went on to enjoy a vacation. He was on vacation as well, so I popped in on a vacation of a pastor. But he was fully anointed to do the work because he was keep, uh, pushing forward with the sermon, which was the series on crisis. What do we do in crisis? So, I really want you guys to hear, because it wasn't really about the sermon. God focused me in on the people, and I was more concerned with the people than I was concerned with the message, even though I was concerned with the message because I wanted to eat something and there was no message for me. But in the midst of it, I began to cry out, and I asked God, as the message was going forward, I said, why am I looking at my mother's faith? And, and I didn't say it was my mother's faith. I began to cry out to the Lord because the church was about fashion. The church was about friendship. And I can definitely say that I seen fellowship, but it was fellowship with certain individuals, wasn't fellowship with everybody. So everybody didn't get to be part of the group. It was just certain people when certain people fashionable or whatever the case may be. But as I began to look at the church I was in, I was wondering what they would say if somebody walked into our church. What they would look at, what would they see, what would they hear, what would they understand? Would it be my mother's faith that everybody was looking at? Or would God say something else? Would the person that came into the assembly, would they be able to catch up? Would they find the fire of God? Would they find the presence of God? Or would it just be a place where somebody comes in and God's not there? And so as I began to look at this, particular setting and group of people, and I asked God, what is the reason why they're in the condition they're in? It was because of their faith. That they hadn't activated their faith. I can't necessarily say that it wasn't because the pastor didn't preach the appropriate sermon. It was about a group of people that you can tell grandmother may have started the church or whatever the case may be, but the church was still as if the grandmother was still scheduled to walk into the room. And they were concerned with how grandma would look at them if they came, if they wasn't dressed in presence. 
But the more I begin to examine the church, I begin to examine the faith of the people, and I can clearly see that they had no desire for more. But I kept looking to see where our desire for more sat. And I was concerned that we could look like them. And the reason why I was concerned that we could look like them, although we're mature, we're not mature. And what I mean by that was a lot of times many of us watch mature movies. You know what it says. This is a rated R, and it gives a disclosure and disclaimer in regards to the movie that's going to come on. And even as kids, we would see a rated R movie, and we would push past the disclaimer that would go forward. And I think when it comes to maturity in Christ, sometimes we push past the disclaimer, and we don't recognize that the disclaimer is really saying it is for mature audience that are able to handle what is being pushed out. And faith is for mature Christians, and this is for individuals that truly, truly desires to walk in the goodness of God and truly experiencing him in its fullness. But the disclaimer went forward, and I think many of us didn't hear the disclaimer. And even as I'm sitting in this church, I could see that there was disclaimer there, and it was supposed to be a rated R faith, but it was a rated A or non-rated faith. And what I mean by that, there was no move of the Spirit of God because the people did not bring it. I was saying, was they expecting the choir to bring them into the place? I don't know, but the choir didn't. Was it the outfit, the attire, or something else that should have brought them up? Because these were young adults. But all I seen was their mother's God. And what I'm really saying to you guys, what would it look like if someone came here? And would they find rated R or non-rated? And what I mean by that, or better yet, what the Holy Spirit means by that, What do you come for? What is it that you really desire? What is it that you expect? It's like, do you realize that you carry the presence of God with you? And when you get into a place you want everybody to experience the Christ on the inside of you, 
I knew if I had got up in that church and just start dancing and singing and letting my own worship go forward, if I had done Amanda and got in front of the stage or whatever and just begin to worship and spin and dance, that I would have been kicked out. They would have thought I was a mad person. They would have thought that I didn't fit in. That my faith was rated R. I would have been satisfied to see PG, but I didn't. Because no one in the house was bold enough to stand forth and to really allow the Christ in them to be seen. I stopped and I looked and I thought about Sundays here. And I really thought about it, and I looked and I literally said, will you move out of your way to find the Christ that's there? It's a presentation that you're giving him, and when you come to see him, you're supposed to be presenting your very best. And in you presenting something to him, he in exchange gives you something in return. But many of us come in and we leave out the same way we come in because we never present anything to him. Mm -hmm. And we leave out the same way we come. And when the Lord said to me, rated our faith, he said the radical faith. He says, I expect that elves come in and they have a radical faith that moves those who are in a place of comfort out of their comfort zone. And so as I begin to look at 2 Kings 4, If we can pull up Second Kings four, precious, and this is about a woman who's collecting jars, and all she had to do was to go from house to house to house to house and to collect jars, and the process of collecting was about her faith. And she had to go and ask for something from others. And it was so interesting as I began to look at the message that God had for that particular house. And as I began to look at that message, I said, oh, my God, if they could only see what he was telling them the whole house would change if they could get the message. But I knew that I wasn't there for them, I was there for us. Do you get it? I was looking at the faith of another congregation, but I was really looking at the faith of TQ.
And so PG represents what? Parental guidance. And so that house was full of people that had their parents' guidance. Mm -hmm. You hear me? And God wanted rated our faith. And you know, there's some movies that don't even have ratings to it because they can't figure out how to rate the movie. And some people have faith that God cannot rate because he can't figure out how to rate us. And sometimes we come to church with a non-rated faith because we don't know how to navigate in what we have. But yet, this message was about crisis. And as I began to look at crisis, the Lord began to direct me to faith crisis. Our faith is in crisis. Because if we cannot figure this out, then we will have our mother's faith and we will not see the things that we desire. Mm. And what I mean by my mother's faith, I think I've shared with you guys the story over and over about my mom's faith. I knew everything that went on in the church. I knew when sister such and such was going to get up and have the Holy Ghost. I knew when this was going to be. Everything felt staged. Everything was set in uh, in an order. Nothing was different. It was always the same. I never felt the move of God or the presence of God in her faith. I knew that there was a pastor that came up and said some few things that was crazy, and he would get so caught up in himself and basically take a message into the four or five hours, and it was all about himself humming and hooping and hollering that I didn't know what he said throughout the whole message. But that was my mother's faith. The Lord literally said that that faith doesn't heal. Right. Mm-hmm. That faith doesn't deliver. Right. That faith holds you in captivity. Mm. And the Lord literally began to show me us and our faith, and we operate in that same faith when we come in the house. Parental guidance. What does that mean? Somebody has to guide me to move. Somebody's got to guide me to worship. They got to guide me to stand. They got to guide me to do something. when I should have rated our faith, radical faith that does not require guidance because I am mature. I can hear PG guidance. Amanda saying, come on, you guys, come on. That's parental guidance. You have Bradley who said that's 
parents, you guys, let's get beyond this. You have all of you guys at one point of time trying to help us get to a place where we have radical faith. But I started off this message by saying I got there early. I sat in my car and I watched. And as I watched, I didn't know why I had to be there early. But God wanted me to watch them walk in. I thought that what I felt when I walked in, the greeters was outstanding. There was somebody there to greet me every step of the way. When I got out the car, when I hit the pavement, right in front of the church, there was a security guard said, hello, good morning. There was a woman that opened the door that said, hello, good morning. When I walked in, there were probably about a good 10 people that said, hello, good morning. I said, oh, my God, I'm going to have rock bottom, good old hometown, great revival type praise and worship today and it dropped because every single one of us have the expectation that somebody else is going to bring it every single one of us thinks that somebody else is going to light the fire in them when God has already lit you and you are well lit but you just don't do nothing with what you got. There was one point in time as worship was going forward, I said, oh, no, 90% of the time when I don't feel it, I, I, I'm like, i got to go walk outside so I can just help myself. And then I said, okay, uh, I kept trying out, I kept trying out, and then finally I just said, I can't sit under this because I can't take in this. And as I, I recognized, I couldn't take in what was being offered to me. Keisha kept apologizing, saying to me, I know pastor, I know pastor, I know pastor, I know pastor. Every word out of her mouth was, I know pastor, I know pastor. And I, just, I, I didn't say a word. Because it wasn't for me to correct her and and the amount of wisdom that she had. It wasn't for me to say, you should be doing something different. But the Lord said to me, time I walked in, I will be moving her out. So she didn't have to tell me, okay, pastor, or anything, because before I even I sat down fully, he literally said, I will be moving her out. And God will move anybody out of a place if they're mature and the fire is not there. He's going to send them where they're supposed to be. They're going to go where the fire of God is. Because radical faith cannot be in PG environment. And so God is talking to us about our PG faith. 
And we have to come into that place where we're no longer looking for parental guidance. Because our faith should not be in crisis. Precious, you want to read the sermon? I mean, the message? (laughs) (laughs) The title of this is The Widow's Olive Oil. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is sure there. Let me stop you there. This is why this was my mother's faith. The wife of a man who feared God. So she's banking on her husband's relationship. And many times when we come into the church, you're banking on somebody else's relationship to get you to the place where you can worship. And so so as they were sitting there, I was like, y'all don't even get that. This is a relationship that you have brought, been brought into as a result of a grandparent. And now... You still haven't solidified your own relationship, so you're bringing up somebody else's name to get benefits for you. End of sermon. End of sermon. (laughs) Because you're banking on somebody else. And how she opened this this particular passage is open, giving honor and credit to somebody else. And there was no honor and credit to her. That's why he said to me, my mother's faith. What are you going to do with PG items? And if you really stop to look at it, it wasn't radical. Not at all. They had limitations in what they believed. Still have limitations. Yeah. Want to keep going? Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know Get that it? Your servant, her husband, is dead. So she's not saying, I'm a servant too. So she's banking on somebody else. And so when the Lord was basically saying, Radical faith, you cannot bank on somebody else's faith to get you to where you're going. You have to have the faith to believe beyond where you're standing. Mm -hmm. Amanda's not going to get you there. Bradley's not going to get you there. I am not going to get you there. You have to get yourself there. We can only tell you our 
But instead, we bank on somebody else's experience and live through them. PG, parental guidance. And the whole message, God kept saying, parental guidance, parental guidance. And I was like, oh, my God, PG faith, PG faith. Oh, my God. Because it started off even wrong. The sermon should have said hers, faith, but it spoke of somebody else's. Let's go further. Um, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know he revered the Lord. But now he revered. Wait a minute. He revered the Lord. So the character of this man was radical. Okay. He was radical. Keep going. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. And how you know he was radical? Because wow. he kept the debtors off of him. He kept the de- his debtors off of him. Didn't say that he was wealthy. But whatever he did, there was provision being provided through him, mm-hmm. which allowed him to sustain his livelihood. And now, whatever he did, she's now in a hopeless situation. And and instead of teaching her sons how to operate from the same framework of which her husband did, instead, she she has lost everything to lapse. And so she's in a position to whereby now they're coming after her sons. But you would swear she would move in accordance to the same faith. See it? Yeah. Like the virgins who didn't have oil. Say it louder. Like the virgins who didn't have oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Let's go further. Alicia replied to her, how can I tell me what do you have in your house? This is where I really think you guys got to get this one. And it's so critical that you guys get this. It's your offering. Yes. It's what you have. It's what you have. It's what you offer. It's whatever you have. It's what you offer. And if you can get this, it's what you have. It's not about abundance. It's what you have. You offer. And the funny part about it here. She only had some oil, but we don't know how much oil she had. We don't even know if it was just anointing oil. 
We don't know what it was. But we know it was very little. And so God always wants to take what we have as we offer it to him, and he multiplies what we have. So he wants to take the faith you have and multiply it as you begin to give it to him in your worship. Get it? Yeah. It's what you have. It's what you offer. Yeah. He's trying to... I remember back in Apostle Ken time, he says he's trying to get something to you. But you have to give something. But we always think somebody want to rob us. But I'm going to be real. You want God to rob you. That's the point. <laughs> because if he robs you, he's going to multiply whatever he's taken. Whatever he's taken for you, he's going to invest it back into you. And so the man of God asked her, what do she have? She came looking for something from the man of God. But the man of God in return said, wait a minute, what do you got? Get it? We always come looking for God, but we never ever offer what we got. I have sung and then I offer my song. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I, I can dance, Lord. I'm going to offer you my best. Yes. Yes. I can praise. I'm going to offer you my greatest praise. But we offer what's comfortable to us, and God doesn't want your comfortable offering because your comfortable offering is PG. Your radical offering gets his attention. So he wants your non-comfortable offering. And some of you, again, don't bring nothing. Davis joined me for me how I when it's just me and him and I'm at home worshiping him and dancing and singing it's free but coming here in the presence of others I'm afraid to be intimate with the Lord while others are looking on and he wants me to fully be intimate with him while others are looking on You don't care what it sounds like. You don't care what it looks like. You don't care. You care. Mm-hmm. When you care, that's that non-rated faith. Mm-hmm. 
And I sat back and I was like, oh, my God, look what you're saying to me. Keep going, precious. Um, your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small Your servant has nothing. Except what? A small jar of olive oil. Okay. So she had a small jar. But I love how she said she had nothing. Because what she had, she felt was of no value. And that's the way many of you have been. What you have is of no value. Because it's not perfect in your eyes. Yeah. It doesn't come out the way you want it to come out when it's time. It's not worth offering. Because it's not your very best. Exactly. Yeah. Oh Lord. But 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 it's small in quantity. It has no earthly value. But it has so much value to Christ. Do you Hopefully do you not see? It gets you through crisis if you would use it the right way. Let's keep going. Not a big message, but this is one of them ones that I just hit you and leave you. <laughs> Alicia said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't Ooh, ask. She had to put Wait a minute. She had to go around and ask all her neighbors for something. Again, God wants you to activate your faith by putting it into what? Practice. So she had to go and ask others for something. Keep going. Go around and ask your neighbors to be jars. Don't ask for just a few. He said, yeah. hold up. He literally said to me, when people really see your faith, is when you have to get others involved. So if you're in a place of worship and you're praising, you're going to cause others to what? Get involved. Because your faith is going to be so radical that it's going to touch another person and that other person's going to get involved. Wow. And so you have a faith that's producing. It's yielding fruit and it's causing others to produce as well yes and so she had to go and take what she possessed and 
bring others into it. He says, I want you to see this. He said, when you activate your faith, it grows. And it cannot sustain itself in your own vessel. Get it? So wine skin bursts forward. Okay? And so it has to have new wine skin so it goes and returns and find new wine skins to what? To occupy itself in. He said it's faith that grows, faith that produces, faith that's radical, a faith that needs no parental guidance. And he says, and all of you have it. And he says, none of you have chosen to give it to me. He said, you restrict it in many ways. And some of you just restrict it. Okay, so she now has to go to the neighbors and ask for jars. And what she's going about is as she's going, she has to ask somebody to give her something, which as they're giving her something, she's increasing her faith. Every house she knocks on and they come out and they give jars and jars and jars, she's just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, as a result. And if you stop to look in them days, you know, we would keep a jar of grease. You know, we would keep all these old jars, you know, because that's what moms used to do. They had cans and jars and stuff like that. And and some people had preservatives that they uh, produced back in them particular times. Well, you know that there were jars. You know, even to the point, the Lord said they used to have whiskey and wine and stuff that they would make jars and they would save these jars so it was something of value back in them days, jars. But imagine putting your faith in jars and selling them to the highest bidder. Because that's what she did. She put her faith in jars. And she sold it to the highest bidder. Let's go further. One of the things I was, as, as we're listening to this part of the message, I was asking Lord, like, what, you know, talking about activating our faith, like, what is the first step, Lord, that I can take to activate my faith, like this lady? And also, He was telling me to encourage everybody to ask that question, like, in your area, what is the first step you can take to activate your faith? 
And he said to me, give me what you possessed. A lot of times we find ourselves is giving sin. We spend all our lives giving sin. Here you go, Lord. I, I, I sin. Here you go, Lord. I sin again. I think we have so many sin prayers, and and, and, and instead of just saying I repent, we we constantly giving him our sin. He's not looking for that. Lay down. He's looking for your faith. You repent, move on. But you don't want a God that's always there to correct you. You want a God that's really there to activate living your living faith. I think I heard somebody in the background say something. <coughs> that's not. I'm gonna move on. Keep going. Don't ask for just you. Then go inside. What did he tell her? Don't ask for just a few. So in faith, you're not asking for a little. You're asking for the bigger things that's really going to come forward. But we ask for the same stupid stuff. Because that's what our mother's faith did. And then we don't want to ask for nothing big because it's like, ooh, ooh, Lord, ooh, Lord. Lord, I want the faith to heal that man out there. That's what I'm asking for. Not only the faith to heal that man, but I want the faith that that man knows that he's healed and he becomes a valuable resource back in society. That's what I'm asking. That's the faith I want. I want the faith that will cause a street to revive. I want the faith that when I walk in, they know that God's presence is in the room. I want the faith to make decisions on him. I want the faith to be strategic in every area of my life. I don't want the faith that grows you because that's what you should want. I don't want the shepherd's faith no more. Because all it does is shepherd people. I want the faith that moves mountains. I want a faith that as I walk, that my shadow may heal. I want the faith that my ashes, because I'm not going to be buried, as it goes across and they scatter my ashes that people are what in return healed. And I want to always know, Lord, that I'm offering you the best faith I have. I want the faith that gathers. 
Keep going. Verse 4. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. So after she gathered, she had to go, she had to gather everything, and then she had to shut the door. And she had to bring her sons into the faith she had. So now, if you look at it, now wow. it's no longer about the man's faith alone. He's bringing not only her faith into order, but he's taking her two sons and showing them how to, in return, to operate in the faith. So no longer is it about their dad's faith or the husband's faith. It's about their faith. Yes. Thank you, Lord. I love how he switched that up on her. And so they're all together and they're Ooh. watching the exchange in what God is doing and their faith is maturing. Because they're all participating in the miracle. And so many times we want to be the spectator in the praise and in the worship and, and, and others give eye to God. And Lord's not looking for spectators. He's looking for people who want to be involved as well. She was an spectator in her husband's relationship. She only watched what he did. Doesn't sound like he invited her into his faith. And the Lord says, you need no invitation. Yeah, where did you be showing me for her? Like that place is the place of intimacy. Like our faith grows in, our, in the intimacy that we have with the Lord. That one-on-one -on -one time behind closed doors, if you say, go into your closet and pray, shut the door, you know? But it's an open state too, where you're open and you're allowing others to see the Christ in you. Go further. Just so much here. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him. So you know, so you know one was holding the jar while the other one was pouring. Yeah. And then the other one would say, oh, she would hold the oil and she would pour and the, and the sons would hold the jars. Mm -hmm. And you can see as it's being poured into the jar, what's happening to them. And their faith is growing. Yes. Because each time they're participating yeah. in it's their faith. Yeah. And so God is looking for you to participate.
participate. Not to be a, a spectator, he wants you to participate with him. Keep going. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. So do you guys see here? They had enough to basically remove the creditors, but also enough to live on for the rest of their lives. So they did not end with PG. They ended with radical faith. Yeah. And in that, they knew how to produce in the future if they ever yeah. ran out. That's exactly what the Lord was showing me. Even when the mother is gone, the son's now being a participant. They can now pass that on through their line and live on in that faith. And so is that not what God's trying to do? Yeah. It's to get them to see the greater faith mm -hmm. and not to have PG faith. Faith that's set by a guidance. Okay, get up and worship now. Get up and do this. Because if you look at it, your parents' faith was restricted. Yeah. Couldn't go to the bathroom. Remember? Yeah. Couldn't mm -hmm. wear certain type of clothing. Hear me? Couldn't move very to the bathroom. Yes, very traditional. Yeah. yeah. Not and a lot of real relationships. We're just crap. It wasn't relationship. Yeah. It was rule. It's, it's even a harder, like, with my mother right now. Um, that's why it's even hard, a hard concept to even understand that there's, that it's about relationships, that God wants that one-on-one -on -one relationship, you know. Yep. Yeah. And she will say, um, you know, uh, pray for me because I know God listens to you. I said, Mom, God listens to you too. But exactly. pray for me because... You know, now my sister started to do it. She's when, at the very beginning when you were talking about how, you know, she said my husband who was a, a kind of a similar thing that, mm -hmm. that my mom is starting to do. Yeah, because you can see it. It's, it's just no action and no true faith next to it. Amanda? Where you at? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's hard sitting 
really do try to give my all. I know I waver, and I know that I've moved by circumstances, and therefore I'm asking the Lord to keep me from wavering and backtrack, backtracking. But I don't know what else to do. But but you you bring up the most important but most favorable thing because I sit in the same place you are sitting in. And so when I was sitting in that church and I seen that and I began to say this, the Lord literally said, you've been waiting for them to get it. And it, it weighs us down when we're waiting on you guys to get something. So everything you're saying is just because it becomes taxing to our heart because we can't do anything because we know that some things that we're waiting on is dependent on others to come in. So I I get what she's saying. And I I understand it clearly because I'm saying, okay, Lord, I'm still sitting here. Yeah. You know, I I, I love how Chandelin say y'all, y'all. And, and, and I'll be like, girl, you with us? God ain't dismissed you yet. But but in that y'all, it, it is, I can see her face is much higher than some of y'all, okay? And, and and I can see why she used the term y'all. But I'm going to say to you guys, it should not be a term that you use. And the main reason why is because of the fact you should be in that position to whereby you should be mounting up and we should be y'all as those who are outside of the body, not those who are inside the body and still trying to get there. And the only thing that hinders you is because you're still looking for a systematic approach to the things of God, and there's none. Become intimate with him. That's your answer. Become intimate. And if you're intimate with him, you'll read your words. If you're intimate with him, he'll talk to you. He'll give you revelation. He'll share things with you. And there's nothing that I can teach you outside of what you don't already know. You just got to activate what you got. And Lord says, it's up to you. It's up to you. And you know when they were shut in and they were they were filling them up, don't you know they were talking to God? Yeah. Don't you know that they were they were having conversation? You don't think that they were sitting there repenting of their prior engagement? You don't think that they were crying? They weren't crying as they were seeing the multiplication of their faith? Do do you not see that they were transformed and changed by it? It became so unbelievable to them that they had to go and ask them, the, the man of God, what do we do now? We got all these doors, what do we do? And then when they 
provisions, everything that was there was for them. It, it blew them away. Because they would have thought that they had to give it to the man of God. But instead, because you know that's what it was. Yeah. But instead, they had whatever was left over. Oh, God. So the man of God involvement became little to none. And it became their intimacy with God. And, and sometimes you guys put the pastor and others in the way, and it's all about you and God. Ain't hustle God. <laughs> so I, I hear you, Amanda, and I understand everything you're saying, but you have to hold on because they're going to get it. That's what he assures me that everybody's going to get it. And he assures me that everything you're doing is not for. No good. It's Amen. going to work out for its good. And so be encouraged as you hear a message like this because when I sat in the room, you know, I was sitting there like, oh, because I was looking for something. And I was, I, I can't say I was desperate for something, but I was looking for something, but I didn't get it. And there's been many times I've been looking and waiting and waiting and looking and say, okay, is this this time? Is this that? And I haven't. But it doesn't stop me from continuing to activate what I have. Wow. I hope you guys can hear her. No, we can't. She said, I'm tired of talking about uh, we're top quality faith ministries and we do not know what faith looks like. Talking about what it should look like rather than just experiencing it. Can you guys hear that? Yes. And okay. Like I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, because it makes me also, uh, you know, when they, <laughs> the part I, I think I walked out on, is there anybody visiting in what church? I was so happy that I walked out because I couldn't handle any more of what was being said because it had went into that 30-minute of hooping and hollering, oh, Lord Jesus, you know how the pastor do who has the voices, and I was like, oh, no, i got to get out on this one. I said, I just cannot stand here and get another hold of this and that where the people are glorifying the man that's speaking. I'm like, no, I'm done. And I walked back in, and when I finally walked back in, service was over with, and I was like, oh, it's over. Okay, praise God, Okay. 
So I definitely must have been in Hollywood. <laughs> so because that's what our faith looks like, just screaming and hollering for no reason when we have so much to activate. It's like you gotta want these things. You gotta desire these things. You gotta desire him more than you desire anything else. That's all it is, is desiring him. There's no rhythm, there's no systematic approach to this. It's it's just desire God. And if Bradley put it in the simple words, all he's saying is be intimate with God. You want to go where he went? Just be intimate with God. Sit down and say to God, okay, show me your day. Show me your afternoon. Stop going to him talking about what you're doing wrong. Change the relationship. Change the dynamic of the relationship. Have true conversations with him. Stop telling him to save you and know you're saved. Get it? Stop telling him to say, oh, Lord, I sinned today. Can you save me? He's like, yeah, you still saved. Get up and walk. Because if you keep walking, you will find your freedom. Hallelujah. That's why the body is so paralyzed. It's because we're so busy trying to atone for sins. And stop sinning. <laughs> but when you have a relationship with somebody, you know it stops you from sinning. Yeah. So if you're sinning, you, that means you got to work on that relationship. What I think I think we do is that we hear too much for our own good because. I've been struggling in even applying for jobs, being like, am I supposed to apply for jobs today, Lord? Is it okay to follow up with them, or do you want me to not do anything, and I need to hear an answer in order to feel comfortable moving forward? Mm -hmm. And then I hear stories of people who we talked about, like, are Baptist and don't believe in hearing the voice of God, but they just gave what they had to the Lord and he multiplied it. I think having so much knowledge sometimes is a detriment to us. Mm-hmm. And so I find myself living in a place where I don't act like I know nothing. Because that's the way the scripture says, you know nothing. The wind blows this way and that way, you know not where it comes from. I don't I don't profess or to claim I know anything. And that's where I find my greatest faith. I know nothing. It's when I get involved in my mind and my mind tells me the things that I know, that's when I have the greatest struggle. I have to always detach myself from my mind because my mind is dangerous to me. And I'm grateful that I have butterfly moments. I I could not live in a world such as those of you who always thinking. I, I, I can't live that way because it it will drive me crazy because when I do plug in and I have the moments where I just overly think and think and think and think, it drives me out of my mind. I cannot live in you guys' world because 
I, I'm grateful for my butterfly moments because it's my distraction that says, what are you thinking about? And then I say, oh, I'm thinking again. Okay, let me stop. add that I was trying again so hard to understand what it means to rest and do it correctly and then I just reached out and gave it to God and was like I'm just going to email this HR person and say we know it's the same person and I don't know if that's what God wants me to do or not but I'm just going to give it to him and I got my dream interview mm. <sighs> Forgot that I received your resume. Are you free tomorrow to talk? And like whatever happens from it, whatever. But I'm just like I was overthinking so hard whether the one. Can I say now? Give it back to God and put it in the chain. That's all. That's it. And be the best you. That He showed me through that that just being myself was all that was needed. Yes. What thing? Regardless of the job. Best you. Yeah, don't worry about what you say. Just be the best you. Have a conversation with her. Be the best you. Can I say something, please? Of course. Okay. Um, because I know there's not a lot of people who are sharing. And I know oftentimes when we're having Bible study, I feel personally that many people still get off the line and they're like, okay, Lord, I heard all that, but what do I do again? Or Lord, you said all that, but what do you want me to do? And I feel that there's still those who are in verses one through three, where they're asking the questions and all this other stuff. But I pray that all of us, even now, live in that first part of verse four and we live in that first part of verse five where we go in and we allow that door of unbelief and all this other stuff that will talk us out of having that radical faith and we shut that door behind us and we allow for that oil to produce that radical faith go forward because it has happened and the Lord is seeking for it to happen again, but for that these jars on the inside of us continue to multiply. I am speaking that forth right now in Christ Praise Jesus. God. But what we're going to stop doing is trying to get people to participate and give answers that they're just giving. I will not pull on people to give answers anymore. And I'm going to ask that prayer don't do that either mm-hmm. because it, it, it's, it's not somebody that's involved. If you're pulling something out of somebody and if they're not openly and freely sharing, then yeah. leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the reason why I'm saying leave it alone is because they're, we're so accountable, just in case you guys don't know. Uh, when it comes to your dear life, when it comes to the Lamb's Book of Life, all this stuff is recorded. And you may have these moments where you will sit before God and say, well, I didn't know this, and he don't say, wait a minute, here you go. This is what you said. This is what you said. Uh, don't help them to fall short. You know, leave it alone. Mm-hmm. 
and, and I would encourage you guys, don't pull on people for information. Amen. Okay? Because you guys didn't like when I pulled on you for word, don't pull on people for information. Leave it alone. If you don't come normal, that's, that's between you and him. I am not responsible for your relationship with God. I'm responsible for teaching the word. And you do whatever you want to do with the word. You can not even listen to it and just show up. It's not my, my business anymore. I cannot put you guys in a position to hold others accountable for their faith. That's not your job. That's your mother's faith. Girl, honey, you need to go to church. Honey, you need to get on up. Uh -uh. That's your mother's faith. You don't stop encouraging people. They don't want to get up. You give your best. That's all that matters. It's about you. I'm done. Hold up, let me ask, because he didn't tell me to do nothing else. I got to my kitty did monka high. Anything else you want me to share with them? He said they have my word. And so precious already prayed. You guys are blessed. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good night. Good night. I am so happy to be home. <laughs> If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.